0: Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Paul Listening Behind the Curtain, my opportunity to step away from the world of politics and law that I cover on television for something a little more fun, interesting, exciting. Um, if you're going to join a group of ladies who lunch, then this is, this is the group you want to join, uh, to talk. There's a reason I mentioned that song name. Yes, I'm in good company today. Can I get any more puns in before we begin? We are going to be talking about the incredible Stephen Sondheim show company, which is coming to Chicago, um, and playing through November 12th at the Cadillac Palace Theater. Joining me, two fabulous people. Let me introduce them and let's see if they know why they're here. And I think they do. And I'm going to start with um, Ali Louis Borsgi. I think I always say your middle name once, Ali, just so that we say it, because yeah. it is part of the formal thing. Because I don't think you, you don't use it formally, right?
1: Oh, yeah, exactly.
0: So there we go. So Ali is with us. And Ali, I'm guessing you do know why I asked for you.
1: Yeah, sure. Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because you, of course, were just here at the Goodman Theater in Tommy, where you were amazing. You had been here for the touring company of Bands Visit, another one of my favorite. I like can't get enough of you. So when I saw you were in the show, I said, the heck with Bobby, the heck with all these other leads. Really, I just Mm -hmm. said, I know everybody else is asking for the two, you know, women at the top. I don't want them. Get me these two. And Uh so Ali, you're with me and I sure appreciate it. And then Matt, I wasn't sure you knew why I asked for you, but I think you do know now why I asked for you. And we'll fill, we'll fill Ali
1: in as to why you are.
0: Actually, Ali, do you know why I asked for Matt? Aside from the the character being your, your partner
1: in a show? I, I don't know. I mean, other than, I mean, I know, I know that Matt is from Chicago, so.
0: All right, Matt, why did I ask for you? It sounds to me like you and my dad have quite a long history Exactly, you and your, you, you. <laughs> Your dad and I yes. were classmates back all the way in high school, and uh, connected on Facebook. I mean, I haven't seen him in decades, yes, um, but always remember him. And 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 um, so yes, you were the reason we got to connect. And in fact, I actually touched base with him yesterday just for a little bit. And um, so yeah, this was this is like old home day. So you need to make your dad proud. Maybe I'm making your dad proud. One of us. I think so. Be, yeah, <laughs> uh, in doing all this. So so you see, Ali. That's why I I don't know your dad. Ali, but this, this it's- is because this. Oh, I'm happy to meet your parents. I mean, I yeah, don't, I don't obviously- know where they are, you know, but <laughs> happy to do that. All right. Anyway, welcome to you both. Uh, and of course, you are uh, what you're doing in this role. Ali, I also want you here because your character name in this show is also very close to me. You're playing Paul.
1: Exactly. Uh, and
0: that's fabulous. And Matt, and actually, Matt, before I said your last name, I kind of wondered because you went all Broadway on me, whether you had like changed your last name to Rodin or something like that. <laughs> Absolutely not. I you know how you Broadway stars do that kind of yeah. thing. So, uh, And you, of course, are playing Jamie. And what's wonderful about this and getting both of you is that you, you are, in, in fact, partnered in the show. And so yeah. it makes it perfect. Ali, let me just start with you. For those who don't know company and shame on them if they don't, what's this show all about? One of Steven Sondheim's classics.
1: Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's really first and foremost about. Um, the pressures of, of being in a relationship, um, getting married, um, being a single person where all of a sudden all your friends start to couple up and you start to feel this impending clock to get, to be with someone. And also in our version, um, where Bobby's a woman, she also starts to feel the, uh, biological clock ticking and and decides that like, Oh, maybe I also need to partner up because, um, in case I want to have kids and it's just, um, but, our, you know, our version really explores, like, a lot of different ways that relationships uh, can be and um, kind of discovering for yourself what loneliness is and what connection is and, um, I don't know, yeah, everything everything in, in between. And it's funny. Yeah. And it's and hilarious. it's very funny.
0: <laughs> and here's the thing. I actually think – I might be wrong about it, but I don't think I am. I think company is not – as well known as some other Sondheim show, it is to Sondheim fans. Um, but but I do find that there are some people who are not familiar with it. That being said, once they start hearing the Ladies Who Lunch, what I referenced earlier, being alive, you could drive a person crazy side by side by side. I think you're going to have a lot of people in that audience going, oh, I didn't know that song was from this show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that explains it. And Matt, one of the reasons this happened was because director Marion Elliott um, wanted to make this happen. Um, this was done with Stephen Sondheim's permission. So, this is, you know, in the last few couple of years of his life, you know, this, the show that was just on Broadway now, but this, this entered his life again. What difference does it make to you and your characters that Bobby, which used to be spelled with a Y and now an IE, What, what does it matter that Bobby's now a woman? What changed? Sondheim loved the idea.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, it certainly brings the story to a contemporary audience and brings it into a modern context. In a way that I don't think the original piece does, because a 35 year old man being single isn't that shocking. Yeah. But a 35 year old woman, even today in 2023, there's still pressures on a 35 year old woman to settle down and and find partnership. And when Marianne and Chris Harper, the producer, pitched it to Steve, Steve was actually more open than they. I, I love that you call it Steve. Well, might as well, right? I mean, I never got a chance to meet him, but when they, but they, you know, what's funny is that that's how they talk about him because he was so involved in this process that it's it's very it's personal for them, and he was really excited about the idea and really encouraging of Marianne to like push the boundaries. And what's really fascinating and pretty amazing about the piece is that not much of the text has changed from the original 1971 production. Of course, there's pronoun changes because of all the gender flipping, but most of the dialogue. Is pretty much the same from when it premiered in 1971, which just goes to, it just speaks to how strong of a piece this
0: is. Yeah. Did, did either of you ever have, did you ever meet Sondheim in your careers? Nope. OK, mm-hmm. I met him once. Uh and, and the stories that people have about Sondheim are amazing. Stephen Colbert, even, right? He did a, a version. I think it was company. And, you know, yeah. and everybody has their stories of when they were about to do their number or repeat or just rehearse or whatever. Sondheim would walk in and sit down in the front and nobody could function. Uh, just that was the end of that. Um, it, it, just just amazing. A good friend of mine is Greg Edelman. And by the way, Matt, your dad would know Greg. Yeah, um, of course. He. Yeah, he worked with so – I tried to get uh, Sondheim's uh, cell phone number out of Greg's phone. He wouldn't give it to me. But okay. um, anyway, just, just amazing stuff. So, Ali, let's go back to the show for, for a moment. Matt I did a great job of sort of talking about why these issues, how, how you change it, you make it a woman, and things become more relevant today. But for audiences come, does the show itself have relevance for everybody who watches it today who didn't see it in its early days?
1: Oh, yeah. I definitely believe so. I mean, like Matt was saying, um, it's definitely a comedy uh, even though like the more, the more and more you explain it, it almost doesn't sound like a comedy, but it really is absolutely hilarious. So, um, you know, even if you're not coming for the, the subject matter in itself, you're going to be laughing regardless. Um, and like you said, there's so many songs where like, I mean, I had a cousin come to see the show who doesn't really like super, super no musicals, but, uh, you know, she mentioned that she's like, Oh, I knew that song. I knew that song. I knew that song. Just, right. they're, they're just, yeah. Um, there's a lot of musical know. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like most people can come and see the show and um, everyone has experienced some form of pressure, um, some form of like, you know, that duality of really wanting a connection, but not wanting all of the the things that come with that, all the, um, you know, the work that you have to do when you have a connection, like you get all this amazing th- things from it, but you also have to put so much work into it. And so it's, I think everyone can at least bring that part of themselves of understanding, um, you know, just understanding that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And
0: of course, Mary, did, did you both work with Marion Elliott? Elliot? I assume she had a, a part of the touring cast.
1: Yeah, she came in, yeah. she came in, um, for a few days and we, we got to do some table work with her and, and really discuss like, uh, the characters backgrounds and, um, you know, her original concept and idea of the show and made sure that what we were working on and what we were thinking of the characters aligned with, um, which she believed, you know, was the, the core of the show. So yeah, yeah
0: and I'm sure, you know, she also did War Horse, um, which is, was around so long ago, but I saw it uh, on Broadway. It was at, uh, at Lincoln Center and, uh, and of course, Angels in America. So her, her resume is amazing. Yeah. And Matt, in terms of working, even for the few days, in terms of working with um, her as a director, I was going to say female director. I don't know, what did that matter? Did having a female director matter? And what did she bring to the puzzle? I certainly
2: think, I mean, it's inherent that her perspective is going to be different than than a male director's perspective just because she's a woman. And this is a show that then we've now recontextualized to be about a 35-year-old woman. So there certainly was that. But I think on our part, the thing that felt the most um, exciting, at least for me, was hearing her sort of personal experience and relationship to these two specific characters that she had been Bobby in a Jamie and Paul relationship before, that she had worn or had gone to a wedding that was all white and seen a woman wearing all red, and so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of personal connections for her in in this particular scene, and the producers and Marianne were really. Uh, vocal about how important this scene was and how challenging it was. You know, Marianne, one of the things she said to everybody, but especially to us was that this scene is a tightrope. You are, it's very easy to sort of fall in one direction or the other of sort of too sappy or too funny and making sure that you maintain the honesty and the truth throughout the scene, but keeping it funny and keeping it light and keeping it, you know, honest is, is, is a, is a heavy lift, but she was so, so generous and she assembled a team of unbelievable associates who sort of carried us along. We put the show up in 16 days, which is a short time period, but for a show of this size and this tech, like the amount of technical aspects that are involved in this piece, it really was remarkable that they were able to sort of put the show up on us in 16 days. Um, and it was a lot of fun, but it was a lot of work. And as I said, yeah.
0: this show gives a lot of attention to the, to the characters of Bobby and Joanne. And, uh, and I mean, Patty Lapone, right? There's no, no touching uh, the work that Patty Lapone did in this show. Out of curiosity, Ali, what is your sense of, I mean, because of, of, of those roles if somebody like Patty had been in the show, does that put pressure? on an actor to sort of say, okay, I've got everybody now thinking I, and I'm not talking about your character, but now I've got to be Patty Lepone and I've got to do it. Or do you find that your colleagues kind of bring their own thing to the role? They're not bothered by who did this before or who made it iconic or anything like, I mean, you could bring Elaine Stritch into it if you really want to go back in time, but what, what is your thought about all that?
1: Um, well, I'll just say from my perspective that I actually didn't end up getting to see this production on Broadway. So come and in and, and I was a little grateful for that just in the way that I got to come into it. and. Myself to just come into it with my own uh, ideas, and um, I don't know. I wasn't able to, to take too much. And then I know for for people like Judy, um, who is playing Joanne, that she really mentioned, and it was sort of the same thing I talked to you about with Tommy coming into that piece with like so much of this legacy and so like having famous people have being you know have, having like performed all of that before me. Uh, is sort of what she what she said too, which is. You know, you have to like you have to acknowledge it for what it is. You are coming into a a piece of legacy, but you just take a little of like you know, just honoring what has been done, but really just allow. You have to allow yourself to get rid of that pressure because you're just not going to be able to to do anything with it. It's not useful for anyone. So it's it's really just honoring what has been done, but really just focusing on yourself, bringing yourself to the role, and being like, "This is me playing this role. Um, I'm not going to try to be." somebody else and uh i'm here for you know a reason and i'm gonna um perform this as me which is just as wonderful well absolutely make it and make it your own i was gonna say paul
2: i was just gonna say that i think one of the unique challenges of doing a first national tour of a show that was so successful in new york and successful i just mean that like they won a bunch of tonys and patty won and matt won and they won for direction and lighting and so it was a very celebrated show in new york five and all Yeah, one of the challenges, I think, of of launching a tour is on all of us to say, hey, we want you guys to bring your own version of this to life while still honoring the original vision of the show. Um, and, And they were really great about that. Really, really wonderful about making sure that we infused our own personalities and our own perspectives into these people while still maintaining the sort of through line and the original intention that they, they mounted in London really in 2000, whatever that was 18 or, or 17 yeah.
1: down if to, they, down to like even changing uh, choreography and blocking just based on different body types, you know? Ah,
0: okay. Yeah. yeah. If memory serves correct. I think Sondheim died the day of the opening of company on Broadway. I
2: think he saw the, fu- I think he died. Yeah, I know he
0: saw it, but I, I thought it was, maybe it wasn't opening, but it, I, I, I know he saw it. It was but like I, the
2: first preview of the, of the second go around, I think post-pandemic maybe or maybe not maybe I'm wrong about I just know
0: the cast had been told that he had passed and and they had to go on and do the show whenever whatever night that watch was has to be possible so I'm sort of curious Ali I mean just you know this is not like Rodgers and Hammerstein I mean this is you know this is not uh somebody who you know passed so long ago whatever this Sondheim is so alive for people and for actors um I'm just sort of curious because now he is gone but does he influence your performance? Do you think of him, Ali, when you're doing this, or is it like We've, we we can we can move on now or something like that?
1: There, there kind of isn't um, there kind of isn't a way of doing Sondheim's work without constantly thinking of him. It's the same way with like Shakespeare. Or honestly, I guess <laughs> a lot of writers, but you know, writers of that. Well, Shakespeare's been gone a little while yeah yeah I know but but it's the same thing when you when you have writing that's that good and like you have instilled yourself that much into it, there's kind of no doing the work without thinking that person because he in all of his shows he has such a specific style in the way that he got to these really uh detailed nuances of humanity, and when you're singing and performing the words and the music, it's like you almost feel possessed by, by his like, um, you know, but by, by what he put spirits. in his music. Yeah. It's yeah. He, so he's always there for sure. And it's why
0: I asked that. that. I don't, I don't think I've ever asked that about any other composer, but like in terms of doing the show or talking about a show, yeah. uh, I mean, you could do You did rent, man. And I, you know, and I, I don't know how much Jonathan Larson impacted that, but there is something about Sondheim that I think will forever, at least for a generation um, that will ever forever be very present. So up front, I mentioned that you two, you're, you're, you're together in the show, your partners in the show. I kind of left it at that. So Matt, let, let's come to you. Talk about um, Jamie and Paul and and that relate. Who are you guys in this show as you relate to being friends of Bobby?
2: Yeah. So in the original production in 1971, one of the pairs of Bobby's friends were Amy and Paul. And Amy was this sort of uh, crazy bride, bride to be, who we sort of drop in on on Amy, on Amy and Paul on their wedding day, and Bobby is sort of the best girlfriend, or I guess at that time the best That's man it. for the two of them. Um, and when it came, when the, it, came, it came around this time, one of the very 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 last changes they made was a suggestion by Chris Harper, which Marianne was like really opposed to initially, which was changing Amy to Jamie and putting a queer relationship in the center of this piece and uh eventually they had someone come in and sing not or getting married today which is jamie's song one of the most arguably one of the most famous songs in the musical theater canon one of sondheim's very 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 popular classic, classic songs and they had a man come in and sing it and marianne was like 100 percent, this is exactly what it was supposed to be and i'm incredibly grateful for that because when i saw the production in new york You know, I had never really seen uh, a queer relationship portrayed in such an honest way, Um, especially uh, a real partnership. I certainly, I mean, I saw Angels in America and I saw The Inheritance, but this is sort of very much slice of life Um, and and it's so funny, but seeing the sort of true portrayal of what a queer partnership could look like was so, uh, it was inspiring for me. and. No joke, like as soon as I saw the production, I was like, that is the role that I want to play. And now, I mean, however many, three years later, two years later, um, to be doing this and it to be doing it with somebody like Ali, who's so kind and, and, and generous and like it, it's we're having so much fun. So, you know, all that to say, Jamie and Paul, they're about to be married. We drop in on them on their wedding day. And you basically see Jamie have a panic attack on stage. That's that is sort of the 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 byline of what happens. And um, and hilarity unfolds. And what I think is really remarkable about the song and the scene is that we get and we were talking about this yesterday, Ali, that like we get one of the best arcs in the show, because from when my song starts to the end of the scene, you really get a three act play. Um, you're getting a full beginning, middle and end and a resolution at the end, which A lot of these scenes don't have a lot of these scenes are sort of left hanging in the air intentionally. Mm -hmm. And this is a scene that it wraps itself up by the end in a way that I I felt connected to Jamie more than I'd felt connected to a lot of the other characters in the show. And it's been so, so wonderful and so special to continue to then share that feeling that I got from seeing the show with people in Schenectady and now in Detroit. And then of course, Chicago
1: and on and on and on. Yeah. And it's great seeing a couple that, um, you know, really like that that you can have this great idea of of being in a relationship. And then the minute marriage comes into the scene, one person might have, and and, you know, my character, Paul has such a wonderful idea of it. And it's, it's really important to him. And um, he's, I think he's planned this perfect wedding in his head for so long. And then, and then Jamie's completely terrified by that. And, and, and to see, just to see like, marriage itself like the actual act of it can affect a relationship that's already because like our characters have been together for quite a long time um and so to just see like in each scene everyone else is already married and so for our characters to huh. be getting married it's the only time you see people um everyone else is sort of in you know in their bitter marriages and, and or not bitter but they're figuring out you know <laughs> got problems already have been married and they talk about what it is to stew in that and the good things you get from it. But um, you, ours are really the only characters you see actually getting into it um, from the very, from the very start and um, exploring marriage through that lens is,
0: you know, anybody who didn't know which character you two were playing it, just as you talked about him it strike me. there's no doubt in my mind and Matt, and I don't even know you, but, Clearly you are Jamie. That's Uh, very true. (laughs) The energy is there. And you just, and Ali gives us that calm, whatever. And I'm just like, okay, there you go. you got the roles you're supposed to have (laughs) with regard to each other. And by the way, Matt, you just said Ali was generous. I'd like to say I've asked him for money many times. He wouldn't give me any. So I know
2: know, it happens by generous, (laughs) but I
0: just want to point out that, uh, but what I didn't know, Matt, but I'll come to Ali with the question. I did not know that Marianne had an issue with turning. I mean, she wants to change Bobby into a woman, so she's. I'm not even sure that's progressive anymore, but that's what she wants to do. But why would she have resistance in terms of having any of the couples, you know, represent a gay couple? But why what's the problem?
1: i uh, actually I'll defer to Matt because I okay because I, don't yeah, know the I watched the documentary. I didn't that's why
2: I, I, I watched the. Doc. Oh, okay. There's there's a there's a brilliant brilliant documentary on PBS that I highly recommend called. Um, uh, keeping company with Sondheim that they made about this production of the show and sort of how it came together. And Marianne talks about the, her initial resistance, because again, you know, changing Bobby to Bobby is the wide to the eye is yeah. huge. It's a huge overhaul of the piece. Again, the text is pretty much the same, but in terms of the content of the show, it changes a lot of the, of the content. And I think that this, there was a fear about putting a hat on top of a hat about, Maybe forcing something upon the piece that didn't necessarily need to be there, and then as soon as she saw what was possible and what it meant to hear a man sing this song, she was sold immediately. And it's funny that Steve same Steve was on board right away, had no problems with it. Um, And it's yeah, and again, I wouldn't think he would have. So grateful, yeah, of course.
0: And and the the songs, Ali. And look here, I don't think you've done Sondheim before, have you, Ali?
1: Uh, I did a reading of Into the Woods, like a stage reading. So not but, not, really. but in terms of <laughs> looking at your
0: bio, I don't recall seeing anything on that. So I'm sort of curious, you know, I, to me, doing Sondheim is an incredibly challenging thing to do. So you step into it. And of course, Matt, the, the number you have is <laughs> that's yeah. that's the perfect example of what the challenge of Sondheim is. But Ali, your thoughts, stepping into a Sondheim role and handling that music, handling the rhythms, handling all of that. How much of a challenge has it been for you?
1: Uh, it was, it was for sure a challenge uh, in the beginning. Just, I, I didn't realize, well, I guess I did. I did, but I, I was still shocked. You, you, you know, you come into these Sondheim shows, I guess, and you you know that it's going to be all these crunchy, hard harmonies. Um, but I was still even surprised by, I guess the harmonies were, were expected, but what wasn't expected was the roadmaps that you have to create for yourself because, Um, all of the sections where we sing company in in a group um, are very much, we pop in with like our own little lyrics and there's no pattern. They're just randomly dispersed and you have to memorize when you randomly come in with your vocals. And it's, you truly have, it's like like algebra. It feels like doing algebra within music. It's
0: (laughs) it's, Yeah, I didn't do well in algebra. I don't think your dad did either. No, I don't really know. You might have. (laughs) <laughs> you might have got an A for all I know. What do I know? Uh, but well, you say randomly, but I mean the appearance is random. It's anything but random.
1: It's anything but random for sure.
0: Right. And man, yeah. how about you? Because you, again, you you get one of these numbers, which is a classic Sondheim challenge. So, yeah. did you have a lot of late nights? Um, yeah, I mean late nights, quick
2: night, quick bites, party games. Um, no, that's a yeah. that's a deep cut reference to the show. Um, no, I. Never, ever, 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 ever thought I would ever be doing Sondheim. Um, I primarily have done pop rock shows. That's primarily where, where my comfort zone hey, you've is. You've done Rent, you've done Hair. headwig, like they're all just right. kind of rock and roll shows, which I have loved doing. So when this came around, first of all, I didn't think I would ever get the job. And then to get the job was terrifying because like Ali said, it was like doing math for eight hours a day in the rehearsal room. Because not only are you memorizing uh, rhythms and harmonies, but the way that they've choreographed this particular version of the show is so intricate and so specific that uh, you, you have to be so focused and aware of where your body is and where every, everyone else's bodies are, because we're sharing, as you'll see, we're in this like tiny, basically like eight, eight by eight, 10, ten by 10 box on stage. Um, and you know this particular song i mean i started learning it back in march and i vividly oh. remember um yeah that was my first audition was back in march so it's been a while yeah. i've been with it for a long time but i remember pacing in my bedroom back and forth and basically trying to string words together it's sort of like having to learn you know how like when kids when they learn the alphabet sometimes they think lmnop is one letter that's how i have to think of this song yeah exactly <laughs> That's how I have to think of this song. That,
0: I like, think you've just. I think Ali did not know they were not one letter. He just, yeah, learn that now. A little bit of a I, shock I a, right yeah. there on his face. <laughs> but I had to basically learn
2: strings of words and think of them as one one particular word um, or one phrase. Because as soon as I tried to start, you know, doing word by word by word, you you you, you lose track. But oh. to try to memorize this thing sort of linearly um and chunk by chunk by chunk that's sort of the only way to get in and now that i've been doing it i mean for i don't even know how I mean, means this since march it's it's in my it is muscle memory at this point it's in my body i keep telling them every day i'm like can we go faster i want to go faster like i'm ready to be light speed
0: maybe your next role should be hamilton then because then you get to play thomas jefferson you can talk yeah yeah, yeah sure I'll, I'll take king, king george will come someday but that, that,
2: that's <laughs> not a lot of rapping in that one
0: I love it. And of course, Ali, it's very important. Look, you guys are actors. And so I'm I'm sure that you can just say you're, you're Paul, you're Jamie, go, go be, go be Jamie and Paul. But I'm guessing because I'm going to guess the sense that the audience will sense a, a relationship between you and the strength. So what did you guys do in terms of a rehearsal process to, to get to know each other, to, you know, to sort of say, we, we need to, we, we need to be a couple in this show and you got to build yeah. on that.
1: Uh, I don't, I guess it was just, from the first rehearsal, just trying to like stay attached at the hip. I don't know, like every rehearsal day, and even even now throughout, we've definitely become very good friends, and um, we just spent a lot of time together, and um, it was pretty easy. I mean, I don't know, we just got along really well, which is thank God. I mean, sometimes that <laughs> doesn't happen, you know.
0: Well, um, do you think, do they, but, as an audience member who you know who will see it on opening night, Matt? Will I? Will the sense I get from your relationship with Paul, will it be the sense that the the folks in wherever you started, Schenectady, whatever it was, wherever you started this run, am I, am I going to get a stronger sense of it? Or has it been like, no, we've been that good since day one?
2: No, I mean, I definitely will say that, like, I don't know that you'll notice that there'll be a difference between Al- and Ali and I. Like, we are just as comfortable as we were the first performance as we are now. yeah um But I will say that, like, day one, I knew, I had a very strong intention that I was like, you are going to be obsessed with me and I'm going to be obsessed with you and I am not going to leave your side. And so every chance I got, I sat next to him. We talked, we went out to lunch. Like I was, because I knew that we were going to be intimately together on stage. And to be honest with you, I didn't even know how much the truth is like it, we do share the show. Like he, his eyes are the eyes that I'm looking into most of the show. And so to be able to feel safe and seen with him, um, is, is a really, uh, a a very wonderful and, uh, yeah, special gift that you don't always get with the people that you're playing opposite. Um, so yeah, I just feel very lucky that, that, that it happened to be him and, and Ali and I have a lot of mutual friends too. Um, I'm very good friends with Bobby Conti, who he did Tommy with, um, and he went to Ithaca and I have a lot of Ithaca friends. So it was a, it was an easy connection from the start.
0: So by the way, as you tour, is one theater the same to you as the next? I mean, because the set is the set. Or Ali, look, you you play Chicago, Ali, most recently. Um, d- I, there's got to be a sense of different audiences depending on where you are. Chicago being among the best.
1: Yeah, no, I actually, I, I realize you have some bias there, but it's actually true. No, I do, <laughs> no, really I do
0: but I, I I stand by it. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, I, I think we're better audiences that because New York is a bunch of tourists, with all due
1: respect. But I wholeheartedly this is agree. Down. With, with Bands Visit, I got to perform in a, yeah. like all over the country and then got to perform in Chicago for a while. And um, I actually haven't had the the chance to perform in, in the city yet. Um, but just from from touring, audiences really change. It changes like what they find funny, um, the kind of energy they bring in, how loud they are, how quiet they are. Um, I really found Chicago was a, was a perfect balance of there's sort of that thing where, where you come out and you can just immediately feel that the audience is on your side. And, um, pretty much every, every show I did with Chicago, everyone was very respectful. (laughs) Everyone was loud when you wanted them to be loud and then quiet when you wanted them to be quiet. And, um, yeah, just people that like, you know, understand theater etiquette and also are insanely supportive. Um, so I've really been looking forward to, to, to getting back. Because I think uh, Chicago is really going to love this show.
0: Was that a reference to since my brother and I stand front row center? A reference to him eating snow caps right in the middle of a quiet moment during during <laughs> Tommy?
1: <laughs> I didn't and know. And me it.
0: having to say, Rick, shut up. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> and, and Matt. So, I mean, this this is coming home for you. Uh, I, you know, since Ali's been here, I was going to say there's places you need to take Ali to eat and introduce. But you don't have to introduce him to that because I think Ali knows all the good stuff.
2: I think he'll be taking me places because I've never gotten a chance to really live in the city as an adult. Oh, really? Um, okay. And so to be coming in for two weeks and getting to do the show at the Cadillac where I saw every tour that ever came through um, is, yeah, it's it's I, I, When I say a dream come true, I really mean that in the full sense that there was definitely a 12-year-old sitting in the house at the Cadillac Palace dreaming about being up on that stage. And so to be coming home in this way and to get to share this particular story of a queer relationship um, and honest about anxiety and, and that sort of part of life, um, to be sharing that with so many family and friends who, I mean, I'm, I literally think everyone I've ever known in my entire life. In Chicago is probably going to come see the show. Your dad uh, is making sure of that. I can. That's tell you. right. That's exactly correct. He asked me where I'm sitting. So uh, of course I, you know. he did. Of course, I thought he was going to buy out the theater for one of the shows. Like that's <laughs> that's how that's how big the gang is. But I'm I'm really
0: it's going to be really 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 special to be yeah. to be home. Uh, so, are you staying at home, or this is your opportunity to let your pay your dad's, going to watch this? Let him know you're not staying with him.
2: Yeah, they no, no. Actually, they told me that I couldn't stay with them. They said, you know what, we got, we, we don't have a car for you. They told yeah. me traffic getting downtown is terrible. <laughs> they said, you know what, just stay in the city. We'll come to you. So I said, fine by me. Works for me. I thought I'd be staying in the suburbs, but no, I'll be in the city
1: uh, with with the rest of the company. At,
0: at- and Ali, have you been in the Cadillac before? Is this going to be a first for you?
1: First, yeah, I, I, I didn't go in there. Amazing theater. You're you're
0: going to absolutely, absolutely love it. And um and by the way, I can't wait. You're gonna to have to text me or something and let me know whether or not the the quality of the uh, of the place Goodman puts you in uh ranks above or below the quality of the place that that you get put in for this show. Gotta
1: know. You
0: know. I'll let yeah, you know. Who's better. <laughs> and and Matt, you actually have another half career. Um I don't know. This is a green screen. I'm going to see if this works. You'll understand this as soon as I do this. Ali may not know what I'm doing, but let's see. Oh, good. This is going to show. So, Matt, where, let me pull this up. Now you see it goes away. I got to do this. What hotel is this, Matt? What hotel, what hotel is that? Why, why am I doing this? Tell Ali why I'm doing this. I don't know. Because do you not do Broadway.com, Matt? I do, I do do, oh
2: my God, oh my God. Is that, wow, I haven't thought about that in so long.
0: So yes. You did not do an opening for, I'm forgetting the show where you asked everybody, you showed them pictures of tacky hotels and asked them what the hotel was. Yes, (laughs) I
2: did. Oh my God. I'm trying to remember what show that was. Yeah, so in a past life, pre-pandemic, I was was a correspondent for Broadway.com for five years. And I did opening nights of Broadway shows and I would play absolutely ridiculous nonsense games with everybody on the red carpet. the red carpet. And um, so
1: so you
0: showed them hotels. So I picked this one. Now, this isn't around. This is not you were showing them holiday inns and that kind of thing. This actually is closer to home. You're not going to guess it. So I'm going to have to help you. But this would have been a hotel which is gone now. But everybody grew up, including your dad and me, had their bar mitzvahs here. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, my permit was at Al Gower's. I don't know where his permit bar- well, was. Well, I don't know that he was here, but we pretty much on poor Ali doesn't know that we're talking about. But this, do you remember the hotel, which is famously known as the Purple Hyatt? Oh my, of course, of course. This wow. is a room in the Purple Hyatt just before they tore it down.
2: I honestly thought, I thought what you were showing me was a hotel room that I stayed in during like a hockey tournament because I played hockey growing up at, for the Northwood Blue Hawks. So I thought maybe... It was like a hotel that we had stayed in and destroyed
0: while I was like playing hockey somewhere. I was a little concerned about that. No, this is this is the Purple Hyatt. And uh, Ali, they tore this. This was a very historic hotel. Gangsters were killed. There were all sorts of great stuff. And uh, they tore it down years ago and when they did. Oh, it was called the Purple Hyatt because all the bricks were purple. Right. And uh, and I got one. I had one of the reporters. We covered it that morning because everybody did. And I said, get me a brick. So I actually have a purple brick. If I remember, I'll bring this with me to opening night. And if I, I can give it to your dad so he can pass it along to you. Perfect uh, <laughs> to give it along. Well, I hope you guys I'm just so excited that, that you're both in this show. As I said, when I saw company, I mean, I love company anyway. Um, but when I saw your names, as I said, people get excited by the Bobby and the Joanne character. By the way, does do does ladies who lunch bring down the house? Does the number bring down the house? Yeah. It's yes, for sure. it does. <laughs> that's that's what I hope. Um but everybody needs to just come and see you guys. Um, you're great, Ali. Come, Welcome back to Chicago for uh, maybe even a, well, I don't know. It's going to be equally a fantastic role. Uh, so you're going to knock the house down here. And man, I'm so glad you're home. And your your family could not be prouder of you uh, than doing this. Just look at your dad's Facebook page and you'll you'll that's see right. that that's, that's verified. It seems to so every day you got there. It's another thing of he's coming back. I no, know, I know. That's Bruce, right. Know. That's he's, right. He's coming back. This is fun. But <laughs> anyway, I'm just so happy for both of you. And company, Stephen Sondheim's company as um, envisioned by Marianne Elliott. Marianne Elliott is playing at the at the Cadillac Theater through November 12th. It's just a couple of weeks. Tickets at broadwayinchicago.com Thank you for being with me Look forward to seeing you on opening night I'll be waving at you and you break legs every night you're on stage. Thanks
2: Thanks Paul